<coughs> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. Welcome to Young Money Podcast, everyone. It's our first episode, and I'm really excited because matagal na talaga gusto ko makakaroon ng podcast. And I'm very thankful kay Vince for inviting me for this. Uh, I've been wanting talaga, but so sobrang busy ko, hindi ko nagawa. Alam mo yon. <laughs> so sobrang kong ginaganda kami kung pinoproduce niyon. Kaya sabi ko. This is a blessing, especially not just for me, but for also the aspiring business people and young people who would like to start and start making money at a very young age. I'm sure you guys are going to get inspired with the talks that we're going to have here. How are you, Vince? <laughs> Hi, Diana. So, yes, uh, thank you for joining us. Our very first episode of Young Money, the Young Money podcast. I'm Vince Golanco from WhenInManila.com, and with me is the beautiful Diana Meneses. She, of course, is also an entrepreneur. Other than, of course, her TV hosting, all those things, she's also a, she always has something going on behind the scenes, uh, which is why she's the perfect person to be here to talk to you guys about young money. It reminds me of that um, Jerry Maguire for the for the millennials. They might not know the movie. Oh, but this. That's so great that you said that. I have one of my managers always says, "Show me the money, show me the money." I, I'm going I to send, meet her. Show me the. I sent you the gif or gif, however you pronounce it. I sent you yeah. a, a a picture of Tom Cruise. Show me the money. Now that you mention it, it just it's just happening to me right now. Like this is one of the best years of my life, despite. This oh, pandemic. I'm so happy for you. One of the best years of my life, like. Uh, I have a very, I had a very tough, difficult year last year, and I, I'm sure, naman, a lot of people can relate to that. Siempre galing naman ako sa business na showbiz, and then kung hindi pa kayo familiar dito sa Philippines, if you're watching all over the world from the Facebook or from whatever you're listening from, uh, listening to us from or watching us, I'm sure lahat tayo nahirapan. We all had a hard time, a hard time last year. But then, especially if you're doing entertainment. You know, if you haven't shifted to online yet, it's going to be very challenging to actually keep up. So I had a very, very difficult transition last year. Probably I didn't work for about nine months, I would say. Like I had no income whatsoever. My businesses was down, were down, everything. So I was like, I need And then I did it. So I'm really, really happy and I'm here again. And now we have this podcast where we're going to interview amazing people, amazing, inspiring people. So, yeah, I'm happy to be here, Vince. Thank you. Well, um, before I talk more about the show, just based off what you said, the if I'm not mistaken, the CEO or a, a big head of Nokia back in the day, again, for the millennials who are not familiar, Nokia was the number one phone brand in the world back in the early 2000s, <laughs> even 90s. They were number one. There was before yeah. Apple, before Samsung, all that Nokia. Uh, but then now they're they're not really re- that relevant. And what the CEO or one of the heads said this thing where we didn't do anything wrong, but we lost. And it was because they didn't adapt. They didn't change. So they just kept going because they were number one. They just kept going. So in, in today's world, you kind of do need to adapt. Everything's yes. changing. Entertainment, business, everything is always changing. If you're not adapting, you're kind of you're going to fall behind. Changing. <laughs> currency's changing. We're going digital. For God's exactly. Sake. We need to adjust. So, I, you know, these, yes. uh, I have this difficult time explaining to people who are one generation above us. Like, 
like our parents uh, generation and stuff like that you know like I was having a conversation because I host uh, an NFT related or crypto related show uh, oh I didn't yeah. know that okay yeah I've been doing that for uh, since my, maybe two months now and okay. um, I've been learning a lot you know? and when I I was so inspired to tell my parents about it and they just shut me down and I was like so mad it it's and, it's a bit intense you can't if they're not familiar with crypto nft might be too much of a jump i think slowly <laughs> into stocks and then crypto yeah. and then nft you're gonna get in trouble <laughs> you're gonna be scammed but, it's not allowed in china and i'm like yes okay enough I, that's actually that's the perfect intro to talk about the show so that's where the show <laughs> came from is that uh, from the concept of there's so many ways to earn uh, of course success is not defined just by money but of right. course, we'd like for people to at least be comfortable and not have to worry about the bills. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, you can eventually, you can be happy in other ways, but it, at least you're comfortable. You don't have to worry about bills. Yeah, I mean, no, no electricity or whatnot. So at, for this show, we'd like to tackle that part to where we're talking about the new, the many, many new ways you can earn and be successful financially. Because, mm -hmm. oh my God, blogging, vlogging, um, crypto, NFTs, gaming, streaming, uh, online selling, etc. There's so many ways, yeah. so many ways to earn, and a lot of times it's it's with minimal investments. And like with digital, if anything, your only investment is maybe minimal equipment. You don't even need a full setup. You don't need like studio level setup. Sometimes yeah. your your cell phone is enough. Yeah. So it just inspired me to like, it, it, even me, even, even I've been in digital for so long, but if I'm not reading and I'm not adapting, I feel like I'm always left behind. Uh, nowadays, people are complaining a lot about life and how it's changed, but it's actually a blessing. Think on your mind. Before, you don't have a free platform where you can actually showcase what your value is. It wasn't available to everybody. It wasn't something that everybody has access to. Now, not people only have access to, people are addicted to what those platforms are. So that's where people should be focusing on the blessing of those platforms instead of like, oh my God, no align more physical stores. Oh my God, no align TV. Okay, lang, ano kaba? That's fine. It's giving you more opportunities to grow, you know, and then to. Basta tumayo ka sa sarili mong paa, hindi naman yung. Alam mo yon, like, you don't depend on the big guns to hire you to do something in order for you to show and get expertise no no you have to like get yourself in there learn from failure you know what i mean like just like what i do i'm like always failing and then learning again and then learning and then winning and then you know it just really goes together so i think we're having a, a blessing in this guys <laughs> uh, i'd like to i'd like to hope yeah it's it's, it's a bit I'd hard like to, to see at the moment but but yeah <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully we can help people rise up again. Absolutely. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> we have our first guest today, right? Very inspiring guest because I was, I, I'm actually, I, I will meet him today uh, in person, <laughs> in person, talaga, digitally, but I know about him. Of course. In Who person, digitally. Know? I like that. <laughs> but, but yes, um, so so a lot of people may already know our first guest. And I thought of him as a perfect first guest because, again, as I mentioned, there's so many ways digitally or just, just so many ways, period, uh, yeah. to 
earn nowadays and to develop your brand and to build sort of an empire, which is what he did. Uh, for most digital people, he needs no introduction. Uh, but just in case you're not familiar, um, I, for me, I knew him from our blogging days back in the day, uh, oh, early wow. 2000s <laughs> when we just started blogging. That's where I met him at the blogging events. But then as time went on, um, every new thing, he would always be on top of it. From blogging, went to vlogging, and then creating physical stores. He's also he he also has a corporate life, so he's a mix of both. Uh, but he, he, today he's really just sort of the go-to guy for digital for digital stuff. Uh, his yes. his blog started out with tech, and then he had a vlog, a very popular vlog in sneakers. But he does so many other things as well. But anyway, I'm very very excited to welcome a good friend of mine and to and to introduce you, Diana, uh, Carlo Ople. As our first guest. Hello, hi everyone. Hi, Carlo. Thank you. Hi Vince. Happy to be on Sorry, our I had first to... episode. Yes, thank, thank you, you so me. much for joining us. Sorry, I had to soft reveal our age. Na we were blogging back in the day. <laughs> no problem. Happy to be here. Uh, but Carlo, I, I pretty much had a very soft intro of you, uh, where you you were a vlogger. You do you. Uh, a lot of people nowadays, I think you extra blew up with your sneaker, uh, with your sneaker That's vlogging. Yeah. But how do you introduce yourself uh, nowadays to, to people? Well, when, when people ask, I just say that I'm a, well, I'm an entre a digital entrepreneur. That's like the best way, I guess, to to describe it. Um, because I do, I, I wear a lot of hats, eh, apart from the corporate life. All, all of my digital like activities are housed under a holding company. And then I have like sub companies under those, um, from the e-commerce bit to the content bit to the talent management bit to the NFT bit. So we're we're actually launching a NFT project soon. So it's it's pretty nah. interesting. So, yeah, so I, I'm interested in your NFT show. So <laughs> we should talk. But but yeah, so so you know, I, I just I just say that I'm a digital entrepreneur, and yeah, that that's pretty much it. That's how I would introduce myself. But yeah, like what I mentioned earlier, I'm literally all over the place. If there's one thing lang tying everything together, I just try to make money doing stuff that I like. So I did not know you had the talent management and etc., which is great. Let's get to those in a bit from from the beginning. How did things no, start no. out for you, Carlo? Were you, I mean, there was no blogging when we were kids. Um, so I don't think you dreamt of, I'm going to be a digital person, you know? So so where do you think this all started from you, for uh, you? Well, I, I can really trace it back to my gaming days. Because the genesis of, of digital marketing and the in digital industry is really gaming. So I was a huge fan. I was a avid fan of Ragnarok Online, which was like one of the biggest games in the early 2000s. And that led me to putting up my own internet cafe. Um, that actually gave me the initial, uh, how do you say this, exposure to digital marketing because I would PR our guild. <laughs> so that's like the group of people that you manage. So we would do it on a forum because social media wasn't big back then. Uh, and then that things just led to one, to one thing to another. I got hired by a gaming company um, level up, which published, you know, Ragnarok and all the biggest games, and that's where I learned all of the foundational digital skills that I have today. So from data analytics to digital marketing to placing ads on digital to managing communities, even influencer marketing. Uh, because now, Dubai, you you talk to the celebrities or digital people who have like massive following, but back then we would talk to guild leaders who would have 
multiple or hundreds of followers in the game space. I would try to pirate guild leaders from other games to join our games. So it, it's, it's very similar, very similar. So whining and dining them, giving them VIP perks. And then in 2006, I thought 2007, I can't remember when, uh, Ragnarok pioneered free-to-play. So basically, that was the first major e-commerce, digital e-commerce play in the Philippines. Because, you know, you don't have to pay for the game, but you, you can buy multiple items. So that was my exposure to e-commerce. Um, being able to sell, having promos, having 11, 11, 99. This is early as, I know, 2008-ish. Wow! So, they had so that was, back then. I didn't know that. Yeah, so it's very, wow. very early. Uh, mm -hmm. And yeah, and then from there, I went into Friendster because I fell in love with digital. I worked there for a few, a little less than a year. Then I fell in love with content, so I joined TV5. I headed their new media division. Uh, when I was in TV5, that's when I put up my content uh, businesses. So I put up on Box.ph. We were, I think we were around that same time, right? we went in Manila. So I, yep, I put yep. up on Box.ph. On box um, today, we have around five sites, uh, ranging from geek to hype stuff and all, the, and all the other things that I find interesting. Uh, and then what else? I put up a digital agency. Uh, we ran it for four to five years. Then we sold it. So that was like my first legit exit. <laughs> so, so that was nice. Uh, and then, yeah, and, and, then, and still now I, I'm, I'm still in corporate, but I try my best to balance all of my entrepreneurial endeavors together with my corporate life. Because some people keep on saying that you have to choose one over the other. I have a only, question about that. Right? The way that you can only be an entrepreneur or you can only that be a corporate guy. But with the digital, with digital, because you can do both. Eh? I mean, before, if you need a business, you have to be at the shop to sell, right? But now you put up an e-commerce shop and then it sells by itself, right? So, or or you, you put up teams and stuff like that. So I just feel that uh, digital allowed us to be slashers, like what you mentioned earlier, or, or side hustlers or whatever you want to call it. But, Revenue is addition. So if you can add more revenue streams, then why not? So yeah, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Sige, Carlo, I have a question for you. Like as someone who succeeded as an entrepreneur and while holding a we, we high level position at you know at a company, like how do you find balance? Like how do you how did you get into like Sige? Alam ko na I watch you, so I know more or less how how it goes but i would like to share with the people here like if they have a job and then they also are they want to be creators as well and they don't know what to do like how how do they do that can you share with us your balance hello there chinkitan here motivational speaker wealth coach best-selling author and now host of chink positive podcast a podcast that aims to help you to become wealthy and debt-free by teaching you on how to save, budget, get out of debt, and invest. Powered by Podcast Network Asia. Available on wherever you get your podcasts. See you there! Yeah, well, well there are three important points that I'd like to share. So number one is before you get into anything like on side hustles or becoming like a creator while having a corporate job, you need to check if the company will allow it. You can't just do it without, you know. Uh, you, I didn't know that. Me, I took a look at our 
uh, disclosure agreements. So ako, I disclose everything uh, as much as I can to the company and get the permission of whoever was directly managing me throughout my career. Um, mm -hmm. But it's allowed. So it's part of our, like, uh, well, I'm fortunate that it's allowed in, in where I work or in the companies that I've worked at. Um, the second important thing is that you shouldn't allow your side hustle to be to, to put you in a bad position na parang you're not delivering anymore in your mm. main job. True, so true, true. If, if you can manage to, well, you shouldn't manage, you should still be very good at what you do in your day job and then eventually, you know, ex expand and, and, and work on your side hustles. Uh, and then the third point is that if there's one thing I learned in corporate, so I've been in corporate for over 15 years now, or 16 na ba, 17. Uh, it, it's, if you want to... Nakakaalam na tayo ng mga age. Ako din, 15 years. Ako din, Philippines. Correct, correct. If you want to do a lot of things, you need to build teams. The biggest mistake kasi of a lot of entrepreneurs is tinitipid nila yung employees nila. Uh, or nagtitipid sila sa simula kasi hindi pa ganun kalaki yung budget nila. Di ba? Mm -hmm. But the problem with spending not so much on your employees is it takes too much more of your time and your effort. So ako, my viewpoint is I will hire very professional, very good leads, pay them what they're worth so that I don't have to spend that much time in running that particular business. Parang I'll do it first, I'll earn it, and then I'll hire somebody good to run with it. So, union style ko. That's why, that's why I do many things. I'm able to do a lot of things. Kasi everything that I do has a team. So, yeah. it's not as if I'm the one doing everything. Diba? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's like the, ano. Makes that's so how much I sense. Like. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people like, na, nagtitipid sila eh, No? They want to do it all on their own. And then, syempre, they burn out. Of course. Yeah. You don't, you can't just do it all. But, very important din ang sinabi mo na parang, you have to do it first so that when you hire a person, you really know what they... Diba? Parang you can't yeah. demand from somebody something that you don't know. Or that exactly. you... Because okay. your style is uh, do something, start something, try to prove the proof of concept and make money, and mm -hmm. then start replacing yourself. Parang what are the functions that you do write that down. in your business? And then slowly start replacing yourself with people who are better than you. In those particular functions. So if you're good, if some marketing who can replace you, in digital who can replace you, sales, operations, and then as the business grows, you can let go, and then you can start other things. Because I think that's my curse. Eh. Parang I feel like I got that from the book, eh, yung Strengths Finder. I'm I'm very good at starting things, but I begin to suck when it becomes boring. So. I so think I we're all like that. <laughs> I tried to make a formula na it was it, the chances of succeeding for starting things and and it moving along without me would be higher. So you new system ko, that's what I do. Carlo, I love I love the advance uh, advice for when hiring and building teams. I think that's so useful. Uh, but for so, people who aren't quite at that level yet, when you started out, you sort of I guess had an internet cafe, which is a bit intense for most people. How how do you recommend people who who want to be an entrepreneur but may not have you know as much resources or whatnot? How do you recommend they start out? I, I when I started, I didn't have capital. I mean, I pitched it, eh. so I mean, I didn't have a single 
peso to my name because I, di- I didn't ask money from my parents or stuff like that. So I literally, wala pang PowerPoint nun. Uh, I would, I had like a giant illustration <laughs> board on what the internet cafe would look like. And then I would just pitch to investors. I would tell them, this is the vision. This is how much uh, I'm asking for. And this is how much the potential ROI would be. So we were able to get investors. Uh, the internet cafe, you know, was was put up. But unfortunately, um, because I was so young at that time, it, uh, I, I really mismanaged it. So we had the, the eventually the internet cafe had to be sold. Because uh, it wasn't, I wasn't professionally trained to manage something like that. Uh, so you learned it from your mistakes, diba? So a lot of the mistakes that I learned from all of my earlier failures, I try to avoid. Now that I'm a little bit older. So, yeah. But yeah, again, to advice to anybody starting, um, number one, if, if you need... If, kumbaga, there, there are two, three things that you have to your advantage when you're young and you're starting. You have time and you have energy. Diba? Kasi when, the, when you get old, like me, <laughs> you don't have as much old. energy. We're not old. We're old. Oh, yeah. when, when you're a little bit more mature, diba? you're not <laughs> you're not you don't, Your priorities change. I, I keep saying in my talks, there's this value I believe in, yung, yung 7 to 1. Basically, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., you build your career. 7 p.m. to 1 a.m., you build your dreams. So when you're oh, young... God, I believe that's you. Yeah. Diba? So when you're young... It's easy to do the 7 p.m. to 1 a.m. life because you don't have a family, you don't have kids, you don't have responsibilities. In short, when you're 21 and you're single, then burn the midnight oil and learn everything and and, and hustle to death because you don't you don't you don't you don't, you're, you don't stand to lose anything. Uh, and again, that's for people who are hustlers because there are some people who define success differently and would want work-life balance more than anything else. But if you're like me, <laughs> who wants to, you know, who's very ambitious, then ganon. When you get older, kasi the 7 p.m. to 1 a.m. becomes what? 10 to 10.30? Or maybe 11 to 11.15? Well, when you have... Yeah, you're sleeping now by 11, eh. <laughs> or, or when you get married, diba, your priorities change. Diba, your priorities yes. your wife. When you get kids, your priority would be your kids. So... It's really it's really dependent on your life stage. So if you're young, you're lucky. Use the energy, use the time. Uh, side, I think Diana has a question, but before the side question, how much was one hour at the internet cafe back in the day? 50 pesos yata, one hour. Okay. I remember correctly, around around 40 to 50 pesos. Medyo mataas siya. It was a good business, to be honest. Do people okay. still have internet cafes everywhere or hindi siya ganun kadalas? Hindi na ganun kadami. Um, it's really more for the serious gaming types, yung mga internet mm-hmm. cafes. But uh, with the prevalence kasi diba of, of fiber and broadband. Yeah, everything on the phone. Yeah. I remember my first tra- time when I traveled outside of my country and because uh, everything I did was on my own. Like I had nothing. I had $100 on my pocket and my dad was against me traveling and starting my own life, but one day I'll get into when 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 I guest joke. I'll tell <laughs> my story. But I really started from nothing, so I will never forget that I used to go. I, my first country was Thailand, so I used to go to this Thailand, this Thai internet cafe where I didn't understand anything, but I just really had to like Skype my parents and you know tell them that I'm alive. 
I'm okay, everything's good. Proof of life with the newspaper. Uh, 2006 yun. So I know naman talaga. I was 18 years old. So nakakalaman na tayo ng age dito. But yun, <laughs> like... <laughs> so it was really difficult and internet wasn't like this. Like even the time that I was still uh, with It Bulaga before I, I resigned from the show, uh, internet wasn't, was big, but it wasn't... I, I resigned back in 2012. That's when Instagram was starting up, right? So I was yeah. like, man, if I waited for two years, <laughs> I'm gonna, you know, yeah, that literally like, but I was telling this now, you know, this new age that we are living, it's such a blessing. It's such a blessing because as long as you have content, as long as you know what you're doing and you know your value, the value that you can bring to anybody, it doesn't matter what you do. If you have value on your content, you can actually succeed. Unlike before, you have to, you know, know somebody to actually yeah. put your word out there so i have a question for you carlo here in the philippines there's a lot of people who they want to be like youtube creators um when you decided to create your own youtube channel about sneakers about gadgets about culture you know, in general what moved you to share that particular topics with people in that level because you're so good at what you do not so true. how do you get there? <laughs> uh, well, what's the big difference between me and a lot of, I guess, younger YouTubers is exactly the age. <laughs> so I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of, I guess, mature. I've had experience in business. So when I decided to put up the YouTube channel, it wasn't because I wanted to get likes, comments, or shares. Mm -hmm. So I'm very secure with, with what I've accomplished and who I am as a person. And... It wasn't after any more validation from others. So the, the intent was simple. I wanted to create a platform or platforms that would allow for me to launch new businesses. That was, mm -hmm. a, that was always the plan. So it was to create a jump board for new initiatives and new plans. And I just aligned it lang to, to what I was very passionate about at that time. And at that time when I was starting the YouTube channel, it was about sneakers. Because I, I was in a Jordan-esque Parang resurgence. Because when I was young, I couldn't afford to buy the shoes. And when I, when I, now that I have money and I see so many nice shoes, I end up buying so many shoes. Because so, 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 I couldn't afford it back then. My parents couldn't afford it back then. So, the kataon lang na nagkasabay lang. I was at that stage that I really love sneakers. And the sneaker scene in the Philippines was starting to boom. And nobody was doing content on sneakers. And I felt this would be a great way to connect to a younger audience. And this would be a great way to build a platform to launch new businesses and offer value to people. I like what you said earlier, Nights, about value. Because eh? if you take a look at the evolution of internet, you have Web 1.0, 2.0, and 3.0. 1.0 is connecting people to information. 2.0 is social, wherein you connect people to people. 3.0, where we're at right now, is connecting people to value. You actually solve problems and you offer solutions. So, nandun tayo, nandun tayo ngayon, so kaya, when, I, when I was putting up the channel, yun yung ko, how do I create value? How do I identify problems that I can solve? And how can I create like businesses out of the platform that I was able to build? Kind of like some kids, with when in Manila. It was like, it was the, you know, it started from the events yeah. and ano na pagkatapos no. So, yep. it was very similar to that. Uh, so, Carlo, with the many different ventures you've jumped into, for our listeners, I'm sure none of it was easy, quote-unquote, but 
of the different ventures, what was the easier one? Like if they had to choose, like if you had to go back and just pick one, YouTube was the easiest or creating a blog was the easiest or I would just stick with corp. Like if you just had to pick one to recommend that was easier, quote unquote, again, I'm sure nothing was easy, but just comparing them to each other, which one would you say our listeners should jump into that was easier-ish? As long as it's aligned with what it is that you love, regardless if it's a job or a business, it's easier. If you do something kasi that you don't like, it becomes more taxing mentally and physically for you. And if there are challenges that come your way, your usual default, or my usual default, was always negative. Na parang it was kind of like toxic personally for me. Kasi I didn't like the industry, or I didn't like the job, or I didn't like what I was doing. But if it was something that I naturally like, yeah, gaming, parang I didn't know marketing, but I love gaming. Diba? I took up interdisciplinary studies in college, so I had no idea what marketing was about. But since I love gaming so much, I read all the books. Parang I bought all the marketing 101, the positioning, uh, lahat ng mga marketing books na tinuturo ng college, I self-taught and self-learned. I didn't know how to read the balance sheet because I was a brand manager for a gaming company. Diba? So I needed to learn how to read the PNL and manage you know, the ad and promo budgets. So I had to self-teach that as well and get mentors. So, but, but that yearning for learning came from the space that I, was, I really liked what I was, the, the industry that I was in. So same with ano, all the different parts of my career from the content side uh, to the advertising side and on the entrepreneurial ventures to talent management to the content. So as long as you like what you do, it, it becomes easier. The only time I remember having a hard time, uh, the only like part was ano eh, yung mga negosyo na, kaya internet cafe, kahit mahilig ako sa gaming, hindi, wala ka talaga training. So, <laughs> medyo mahirap, di ba? Uh, Friendster was a bit hard because I, I thought that I would go into digital, digital talaga, but it wasn't what I was expecting. So, yun, every time that it's not, it's not aligned to who I am or what I like, that's when it becomes difficult. Importante ang mag-save, pero bakit marami ang walang ipon? The answer is because we don't spend enough time in learning practical financial strategies. This is Fitz Villafuerte, a registered financial planner, and I'm inviting you to listen to the 80% podcast, kung saan tuturuan ko kayo kung paano yumaman. So join me and let's talk about personal finance on the 80% podcast. Uh, Carla, I, and I think with that, I have to jump into the, the tagline of the show, which is to show me the money. Of your ventures, which would you say are some of the more financially successful ones? And for our viewers out there, what would be sort of the ballpark figures that people might be able to earn starting and if they were like fully successful in that in that venture? Well, if, if I were to take a look at sabihin natin, all the different money-making stuff that I've done uh, in the last 10 plus years, obviously the corporate thing is still a big thing because I, you know, I, I was able to build them on a a pretty good career, diba? And in pretty good companies. So corporate has been good to me. Uh, I'm surprised, okay. And that actually, the reason why I, I, I had corporate is because it allowed me to not touch the money that the businesses were earning. Okay. Kasi, nice. for example, it's it's 2020, ay, 2021 na, diba? 
So mm-hmm. I've had some of the businesses that I've had for more than several years na talaga, in a lot. I've never spent a peso. I've never used a peso from the businesses that I own. Until to, wow. even up to today. So everything that I today. Yeah. So everything wow. that I earn goes back to the businesses because of the capability on the corporate side through the years, diba? So it gives you a certain type of flexibility. Uh, on the business side naman, the ones that, that have done well, ano ba? well, of course, it, it was more the businesses more than YouTube because, alam mo YouTube earnings, hindi mo ganun kalaki. Can you please share with us, like how much would uh, an average YouTuber make when they start earning? And, and oh, for some people, they don't even know how, how to earn from YouTube. So can you share with us some, some of those figures? It depends kasi how, how big you become kagad eh. If you're a celebrity and you monetize your celebrityness, it's easier kasi you already have reach. But if you're starting from nowhere, and let's say you, wa- you want to make money on YouTube, your first check will probably come in a year. Unless you're a superstar kind of guy like Ninong Rai, who came out of nowhere and just blew everyone out of the water. Or you're, or sino ba ba yung mga sumikat na YouTuber na came out of nowhere. And sila David Gison, di ba? Yung mga influencers na naging big on YouTube. So, it, but if you're starting from nowhere, like what I was saying earlier, mahirap eh. Parang, I mean, your first 5,000 pesos, 10,000 pesos would probably come in, I don't know, six, seven months or maybe more than that. And then as you gain in followers, maybe you hit like 50,000 followers, you'd be fortunate to earn siguro mga 15 to 25,000 per month depending on your views. So it, it, really, it really depends eh, on, on how your content is doing and where your viewers are coming from. Um, I don't think a lot of people know this, but a view from the U.S. is seven times, seven to eight times more profitable than a view yeah. here in the Philippines. CPM rates kasi. So basically, it, the ads that appear on your channel, diba, you get a cut from what the advertiser spends. Um, ang problema, yung Philippines is not, hindi pa ganun kalaki yung gasto sa Pilipinas ng mga advertisers. So the, the pot is not big. Therefore, you share on a small pot. Versus in more developed digital countries like the US, uh, Australia, uh, Canada, yan yung mga high CPM countries. For some reason, Israel is very high high, ano rin, high uh, CPM. Dahil malaki yung ad spend doon, mataas yung, yung kita. So, kung, kaya nga ako, on my channels, I still speak English. <laughs> Kasi parang, kahit 10,000 views yan, pagkalahati dyan, galing US, it's like, it's like a 70,000, 80,000 view video already. Kasi in terms of revenue, di ba? So, so, so yun, yun yung ano, yun yung pagsasabihin ko pagdating sa YouTube. It really depends. I, I, I would love to give a more specific answer, but the problem is it depends how fast you grow, where your viewers are coming from. Pero sige, just para lang gawin natin mas madali. Sabihin natin, a typical Filipino na Tagalog yung content na sabihin natin over one year is able to put up a channel that has... 50,000 subs. I think that's realistic. It's it's hard, but it's realistic. Diba? We've seen that happen. If you have 50,000 subs, you'd probably be earning around, I don't know, 20,000 on your AdSense if, you're, if your content is good. Uh, and then sabihin natin, you get brand deals every now and then. Malagay mo nang you can earn an additional maybe 50 to 100,000 a month depending on, on, on how good you are in, in getting like brand deals. So it, it can be ano naman. Kumbaga, you can create like multiple layers of monetization 
on top of Because a huge streams of income is important. Yeah. That, that, yeah, that's actually not bad if they can, in a year, you can build up to where you're earning, you know, that much, 25K on ads and then 50 yeah. to 100,000 on sponsors. That's actually not bad. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it depends on your skill sets. Eh. So, yun din yung sinasabi ko sa mga tao na para not everybody, para you should always play to your strengths, right? So, okay. ako kasi, the, the YouTube thing is easy kasi I've given probably over... Shucks, I've lost count. Siguro, Vince, you can also relate. I've probably given, I don't know, over 4,000, 5,000 talks in my career. Diba? So, parang, sanay ka na to, without any notes, to just speak. Yeah. So, the public speaking bit is easy. So, not everybody is comfortable with that. So, you have to play to your strengths. Kung magaling kang writer, then baka you might want to explore blogging. If you're magaling kang photographer or sabi natin model-esque, then you might want to try Instagram. If you're Kuela na nakatuwa and spontaneous, you might want to try TikTok. So whatever whatever your strong point is, play to that. Diba? Versus trying to force fit yourself in a platform na you're not naturally inclined to be good at. Yeah, and dami kong questions kasi I'm really interested in what he does. And I, and I find him very inspiring for everybody who would like to be like him. Kasi talaga, you're really successful. And now that I hear you, especially you're speaking straight with us, like, oh my God, like, talagang, it's not easy for people that they just think that you just create something and put it out there and then you get a fan base. No, it's not like that. Because una una, on focus should not be the validation. That's number one. And I think people don't, don't get that because they're really like so focused on the views, on the streams, on the numbers. And it's like, it, that's toxic. I used to be in a toxic space as well. Like what you said, when you're younger, the we go through those phases where things are so superficial. And then as you age, or as we mature, <laughs> as we mature, to be honest with you, I prefer what I know in terms of what I do now and how I do things way, way better than how I thought I knew. You know what I mean? Like when I was starting and I had so much more energy, it's much, much better when you get more mature about what you're doing. So I think... Yeah, um, what can you say to all this young money or young people who want to have money, but they don't know where to start? They don't know how to pitch, how to like ask somebody, oh, please invest in my idea. Like, how do they do that? Out of, out of like really, really like super naive question for people that don't know how to start. They don't have the same network that you do or connections or probably their journey is different as well. So they don't know how to pitch to people, how to to bring up an idea, like how would you actually inspire everyone watching right now that would like to know how to do that like you did? Well, well, you wouldn't know kasi what it is that you want to do and what would be successful if you don't try. So mm -hmm. if, if I was still in my 20s, which is basically what I did, I just kept on trying, doing so many things and stumbling along the way. Parang your, parang your 20s is your ano eh, age of experimentation and discovery. Diba? Something like that. Parang you just keep on doing so many things. You keep on making so many mistakes, uh, like me. <laughs> and then you just stumble into... into you know, it, it depends, no? There are people who plan their lives. Like my, my wife, uh, she's always wanted to be a journalist. So as young as high school, when she joined the school org, gusto niya maging reporter. She wanted to be on media. And that's where she ended up with. Diba? So she... 
had a career where she became a reporter for for TV5 on print on uh, on AB, for ANC uh, now she's into PR so kumbagat medyo may may plan eh, mm-hmm. that's good if you're like that yeah ako kasi parang ako I didn't really know what I wanted eh. so my 20s was just a whirlwind of trying to figure out who I was and what I wanted to do um and and spending the time and energy that I had to discover. But if there was one thing that I did well, I think is that I really tried a lot and made a lot of mistakes and didn't care that they kept on making mistakes. And don't from those learnings, yun yung naging foundation of what it is that I do today. I think young people are so afraid to make mistakes because they try to show a certain image or a certain perfect them. Uh, because of the pressures brought about by social media, I'm I'm blessed and fortunate to have grown in a time where there was no Facebook. Instagram Twitter. So I I never had the, the the need to get the likes, the comments, the clout, or whatever it was, or whatever the young kids call it today. Um, so yun parang but but the reality is you don't learn if you don't fail. And if you're afraid to fail, that means you're not trying. Mm. Which means that you're just stuck. So, ako yun. You know, as when you're young, try as much as you can, fail as much as you can, and then learn and be better every day. And then you'll find, you'll just stumble your way into whatever it is that you need to do. But alongside that, parallel to that, uh, siguro hindi tinuturo sa, sa school. Try to learn the basics of finance. Uh, learn, you know, try to level up financial IQ mo. Uh, take yeah. courses or read books. Basta uh, pag-aralan mo yun kasi di tinuturo sa school yun. Tinuturo sa school, Carlo, di ba? Like, there's a lot of things they don't teach us and then we, they just expose us on, in the world. Well, we get exposed to the outside world, outside yeah. of school and outside of family. And then, ganun pala siya. You know, we fail a lot because it's not, it's, we really don't learn those basic instincts of businesses in school. They don't teach that. They don't, yeah. Agreed. Same with health. I, I, I can relate to that since Agreed. I'm focused on health. No, man, that's what I, I study. That's what I do. But it, it's it's really crazy how nowadays uh, young people, they're just like, they had zero idea of what businesses are because they're just taught what they're, they have in school. That's it. And then they get out there, parang, Oh my God! Ang dami na yare na parang ang gulo na, and then we are always always relying on the next, on the older generation, and then now, it's different. Now the previous generation is focusing on the newer generation, just to like, ano ba? How do we actually sustain our businesses nowadays? De ba? Ang bago talaga ng lahat. So for me, I also feel like you're giving us so much inspiration on, on on opening up to us that it's okay to fail because a lot of people are afraid of that there's a lot of pressure people are checking on you like nowadays if you're like in a high position in a company they they will actually check who you are first before they buy your stuff before you don't know who's the owner of what now you will check their life or their lifestyle. What do they do? Is it reputable? Should I trust this company? So I think, yeah, it's a big lesson that we are all going through together through this generation yeah. that we have now. Agree. Vince. So, yeah, I think we are 
I think that was a great last question for Carlo. I think that's a great last tip. Uh, I couldn't have imagined anyone to be our be a better first guest for us. Sadly, we're out of time, but I think we should have a whole series just on Carlo. <laughs> I feel like we could dissect each of his different careers and it's like, you know like Kobe Bryant? Kobe Bryant had like two Hall of Fame careers with each different number. I feel like we could sort of do that with you and talk about each of your careers. Uh, but Carlo, thank you so much. Um, if people want to find out more about you or watch your videos or whatnot, where can they find you? Uh, well, I'm, I'm very active on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, so they can just search for Carlo Ople. I think they'll find me there. Or on YouTube, uh, they can also check check me there. Uh, and yeah, I post them on all of the stuff that I do across all the different businesses that I run across my channel. So, you know, they can connect with me there naman. Carla, thank you so, so, so much for being our first guest from the bottom of our hearts, me and Diana, in the podcast network. We really appreciate it. Anyway, thank you so much. Diana, anything else you want to add before we head out? I just want to thank him and also remind everyone watching here that he said connecting people to value, to value is the most important thing. So you have to connect your audience to the value that you can bring into anybody. You don't have to be a celebrity. You don't have to be an artist. You don't have to be, uh, you know, physically talented. You just have to have some value that you can bring into your social media or to whatever you are doing if you want to be just like Carlo, I guess. <laughs> and that's the thing that, and also multiple streams of income. I think it's the most important because people really relate on one thing or one one job or one, uh, you know, creator job or, you know, being a digital creator. No, you have to have multiple streams of income in any type of business. And I think that's really important. And you pointed out very well today. So thank you so much, Carlo, for being here. So thank, Nama, you. thank you. Thanks. Thank you. I enjoyed my time with you guys this morning. Okay. Thank you. Thank so there you go, guys. Thank you for tuning in to us. This is the Podcast Network in partnership with WhenInManil.com. Uh, my name is Vince Golongo with Diana Menezes and our first guest, Carlo Ople. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.